0: personal testimonies, and uplifting messages that remind us of the unchanging love and grace available to all. And remember this, you matter to Christ.
1: Hey everybody, Chad Burmeister, and I'm your host of the Living a Better Story podcast. Today I'm with Rick Barnett, who is the CEO. Sorry, I take that back. He is the founder and steward of Replite, And I say that because he, like me and a lot of people, look at our jobs as we work for a different CEO and his name happens to have three letters. <laughs> <laughs> so Rick, really a pleasure to have you on the show today. I know we talked a week and a half ago and uh, I'm so glad to have you back.
2: Chad, thanks for having me,
1: it's a pleasure. So. This is fun. I I love to dig in. And this is a new question for the year. And that is, if you were to ask your friends and family, what are the top three words people would use to describe you? What do you think they would say when they, (laughs) when they, I I think it would, I think it would vary
2: depending on who you ask, um, obviously, but you know what I would hope that they would say that, um, that they get honesty in their interactions with me um in their interactions with and without no one around. Uh I would hope that they would consider me to be a loyal person. That um you know, I I try to really emphasize relationships and being loyal to the people who uh I interact with. And I think the other thing probably is um, you know, i I have a humorous side, so um if, you know, if you're not having fun, it's your own fault. So I, I, try, to, I try to roll that into my, to my eye. Well,
1: then, then I, I best tell you the only joke that I ever remember. I actually told this blind guy in a lobby at Chicago hotel one time, he was like, Hey, I hear you guys laughing and joking. Do you have a joke? And so I said, okay, sure. I got one. And uh, the joke goes, uh, where does a snowman put his money? In the snowbank. bank. Of course. <laughs> but I'm bum. Yeah. That's that's the kind of humor in our family. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right, so let's rewind the tape. If we go back to younger years, um you're living where now? I'm right outside of Atlanta, Georgia. Atlanta. And did you grow up in the Georgia area?
2: No, I grew up in the
1: mountains of North Carolina. Okay. Excellent. So thinking of the mountains of North Carolina, Asheville area, is that uh, nearby? Are, right, right, real close. Yeah. Okay, I figured. We toured that large mansion there. That was a fun little uh, tour. to Biltmore on. House, sure. That's right. Um, so thinking about those days, what was your passion? What was your thing when you were younger? Hands down,
2: um, I thought I was going to be a Major League Baseball pitcher from the time I can remember until it didn't happen.
1: Interesting. Um, and what was it that you loved about pitching and baseball?
2: So it's funny. Uh, my father who passed away back in October, I was born right-handed and in the, in the mid sixties, left-handed baseball pitchers were a real hot commodity. So my father decided to convert me. So he would take things out of my right hand, smack my right hand and put them in my left hand. So he converted me from a right-handed person to a left-handed person in hopes that that would give me an advantage, even as a toddler, like, you know, with eating you know Cheerios off the high chair, uh, he converted me. Um, so all I knew growing up was that was my destiny is to, is to play Major League Baseball and pitch, pitch in the big leagues. The problem is, is that by the time I got to mid-teenage years, the fastest ball I had was still around 80 mile an hour, uh, which was good. But uh, I got called for a couple different teams to try out, um, a couple different major league organizations, but didn't make it on either one. Them, which is probably a blessing now that I look back.
1: Wow, oldest rookie. <laughs> yeah, I remember getting to about 45 mile an hour pitch at the, <laughs> you know, when you go to an amusement park and they have one of those things, the the clockers. So '80s about a two X. <laughs> yeah. Wow. And so thinking back to those days and the passion you had, how does that apply or does it if there's a line between then and now? Um, I think
2: Chad, for me, um, you know, there this is a, this could take up a couple hours. Uh, I think for me, having a desire or having a goal has always been paramount to me uh obviously they've changed and they do they're fluid but uh it seems to be when i focus on something i'm pretty focused on uh and i think that's transcended itself into business um you know we started this 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 company uh when we founded it we you know we were dead set on making it successful so same way as you know trying to get to the big leagues we're trying to do the same thing here. So
1: yeah, love it. Um, if, if little Rick came into the room right now and knocked on the door, that Rick who had the twinkle in his eye ready to play major league baseball and sat across the table from you and said, man, Rick high five, love what you're doing. Is there anything he would say that would say, I wish you were doing a little bit more of this, right? Thinking from the perspective of younger Rick.
2: So I think one of the things that I would, I think the question is, Chad, would I do anything differently? Would I, would would I think about things differently? Is that kind of the, yeah. Of and th-
1: the reason yeah. I ask it this way is because when your younger self has the passion, there's no, nothing impedes you, right? It's just, yeah. I want to do it and I do it. And so is there anything where, you know, what you thought you'd be doing now is, is somehow different than what you are doing right now? I, I don't, I don't think my attitude toward what I'm doing
2: is different, but obviously, I'm not, I'm not pitching in
1: the major league. Yeah, that's right. So,
2: but I, I don't, I don't think the passion nor the the the, the drive that I had then has changed. I, I interpreted the question a little differently. I, I, for me, the question would be: Would I've done something differently from there to now? Mm-hmm. Uh, if, if I were, you know, if I were talking to a six year old Rick Barnett, you know, what would that conversation look like? And, and I think for me, I would have told myself to enjoy the smaller things more than what I did. Um, I was so focused on hitting goals that, um, you know, the old cliche, take time and smell the roses. Um, I think there's a lot of things in for me in life that I've I've ran past that I probably should have paused and, and enjoyed and be grit and, and have understood the gratefulness that should have been for those things. And I love uh, it.
1: Yeah. yeah it reminds me of the Ferris Bueller's day off, right? Life is that's short. True. If you don't stop, take a look around, you could miss it. <laughs> yeah. That's right. My wife takes a lot of pictures. So that's her version of making sure not to miss the moments uh, in iPhone land. That can be tens of thousands of pictures. Sure. Uh, okay, so we all hit a challenge in life at one point. I call it the buzzsaw of life. Are there any buzzsaw moments you're comfortable sharing on the show that made you who who you are today? Uh, you know, it's it's probably
2: fairly unique, Chad, because I think my buzzsaw may be a little different than most. Um, you know, as I got in business, um, my thing was, you know, make more money, new title, more responsibility, you know, I just kept going for those things. And um, when I realized that, that I was searching for my significance kind of in the wrong place, to be honest with you, it was pretty traumatic for me because I, I, I was focused on the things I thought would, would, would satisfy my soul uh, and that I thought were significant. And what I realized, you know, only 10 or 12 years ago is that my significance has nothing to do with my salary, has nothing to do with my title. Um, And it was really a a heart transformation, if you will, because what I learned is, is that You know, as you know, uh, I'm a big faith advocate. And for me, uh, I believe that the new title and the new job and the new money was was where my significance was was coming from. But in reality, um, we're not here to be good. We're not placed on this earth to be good. We're here to be valuable. And I wasn't being valuable. Uh, I was being good for the Lord. And so... That was a real eye-opening shot slash redirect in my life. So I don't know if that's considered a buzzsaw or traumatic, but for me, for me personally, it was a huge buzzsaw. It was everything that I thought was where I should go. Maybe wasn't where I should be going.
1: What so I love it, about that story, though, is that it's not, 99 out of a hundred people on this show have experienced a hard time physically, mentally, emotionally and then and then they see the light and they and, and they change their ways um, What I try to articulate to folks is how can we learn from the 99 so that we don't have to be in a prison cell or you know don't have to experience like the rock bottom to make the choice to go down the other path and it sounds like you something is there a cause and effect in there was there some was it an age or what was, what was the cause and effect of that
2: no it was it was funny uh, so we're obviously involved in our local church and we had planted a new campus and uh we had me and my wife had, had contributed to the the new campus and our pastor had actually came over uh and he had, it was really nice. He brought us this really nice wooden bowl made out of some of the wood that they had taken down from the property to, to construct this new campus. And as we were there, um, my wife, uh, looked at the pastor and said, um, can we have, a, can we have a conversation? And he's like, of course. And he go, and my wife says, I think Rick needs some help. Uh, and I was like, what? <laughs> <laughs> you know, it was kind of an intervention, uh, and, and so she started saying, you know, he, 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 you know, he moves from company to company and, and I know what he's doing. And, and so it was, it was a tremendous blessing that that pastor said, Hey, here's a Christian counselor that you may want to talk with. And so of course, uh, you know, swallowing your pride as a man and a, and a leader of the household, uh, I go, and for the next two years, I go on this journey with this counselor, and it was Chad. It was it was a complete life change for me. Mm. Just having someone say to me, "Good is not where you're destined to be. You're destined to be valuable, and you're you you. You know if if your significance is in a job or money, it's always going to crash. You 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 just can't put." all those those eggs in that basket yeah and so it it radically changed my thinking it changed the way that i would run a company it changed it changed everything it changed my family it was a generational
1: change for us wow i love that um so two years of counseling is that once a week once a month what does that look like for anybody listening today
2: <laughs> well i uh i dove in pretty heavy it was uh it was a couple days a week uh for the first year and uh now it's probably once a quarter, so it's it's feathered out in time. But you know, I think that um, this this world and all that we all the outside influence that we that we get, I think having someone who's honest and caring and and faith based to to not speak at us but to speak in us is is really viable. It has been for me, and uh, you know, I will tell you that that this. This counselor, you know, he was an old chicken farmer that decided to go back and, and, and go to counseling school, and uh, he, he radically changed—he radically changed my life and my family's life. So, you know, I'll, I'll see a counselor periodically for the rest of my life.
1: Yeah, that's great. I mean, it's maintenance. For, you know, whether it's your body or your mind, it's just important. We get oil changes for your body, it's
2: your marriage, it's your faith. I mean,
1: all of that needs caring. Right. Um, So, yeah, that's right. Love it. Uh, Tell me about a time when God undeniably showed up. Some people share about how they heard him. One one woman said he yelled at her and she, she was on the couch and she heard a voice very loudly. Uh, others say different ways, but how has God intervened for you or where did he undeniably show up?
2: So I tell people I'm kind of like Moses. I was, I was wandering around the desert for like 40 years, right? Because I didn't know what I was supposed to do. I, I was trying to, you know, again, go back to my story. I was trying to get the positions. And and I think what God undeniably showed me is if if I'll put my faith, in, in his in his word and him that there are freedoms and there are there are uh, there are things that you can experience that are so radically different than what the world tells you is out there um, so for me I think being able to have a company that I get to be a part of that, is a ministry, there's no doubt God has put me here. And it's it's quite remarkable, to be honest with you. I mean, I don't know why he chose me because I, I think he could have found a lot of people that were probably better suited, but he, he chose me and uh, I'm, I'm grateful for it. So I, th- that's an, undom- for me, I know God has me here, running this business.
1: Yeah, amazing. Wow. So similar question, yet slight different, and that is around faith. Um, How would you define faith?
2: Um, I think it's the only solid ground that you can find. So no matter what it pertains to, I think for me, Faith is my only solid ground. Everything else can shift and shake and rattle and topple. But the, 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 the aspect of faith and believing in something I can't feel, touch, or see, um,
1: is it, it's a bedrock. It's,
2: it's a foundation.
1: Yeah. The, there was a YouTube video recently where a guy runs and jumps into this mud and he just buries him. <laughs> I think of that visual of the sink, you know, all other ground is sinking sand. And it's like, it, it just, it really is. If you don't have the bedrock and you can try to fill the void in different ways, but. Well, we all very, do. Yeah. We all do. We all try to fill it in
2: different ways. Uh, but, you know, it's, it's kind of like my counselor told me years ago, you, you know, you can, tr- people will try to fill Fill your, your, your life full of significance with other things and, and, and you know, your day to day. But at the end of the day, your significance comes from one place. And it's, I mean, it's written. We've read it all our lives, you know, in the Bible, but we you, you just, you, you know, it's hard to practice it. But uh, for me, uh, me and my family, everything starts with faith.
1: Yeah now you bring faith into work and if, from our last conversation i think a lot of executives are nervous about that what can i legally do what am i what what should i do ethically and morally what's right to do tell us a little bit about your philosophy on that and then the execution of it right how do you I know when people sign up for your company, you have something that they sign off on, right? Tell us more about that.
2: So, um, look, here's what I will tell you. Uh, my my belief is my belief. I am in no position to push my belief on anyone else. However, in this company, uh, I let people know that we're faith-based. Uh, I let them know that I'm a steward of the business. Um, and there's not a person who touches this company either client or employee based that's not prayed for um, almost daily if not multiple times a week the from a from an outward perspective um, we all of our employees sign a religious rights letter that says that they don't have to believe what we believe uh, but just understand that this is the premise of our company and we've never had a pushback. Uh, people sign it because it's basically releasing them from believing what we believe. But it's a protection for us because it allows us to not hide our faith or um, you know be uh, you know ashamed of it. It's it's who we are. It's what we are. And again, it, we we have. I'm sure we have employees that are not believers that's fine, that's, it's, it, that's their prerogative, it's their choice. But for us, we're, we're believers and we're gonna run this company according to the, the ways that, that I believe that God has intended for us to do business.
1: Yep, excellent. And so as a result of praying for people daily, weekly, and showing your faith outwardly, in the company, what have you seen as a, as a positive benefit of, of living to that standard? You know, the biggest thing, Chad, is I get a lot of
2: questions. And the questions are probably the best thing in the world. Um, because people want to know they want to know what, what it is, like, why, how, what, and, uh, if they ask, I have the opportunity to tell them. Um, some people may call that ministry, I call that a conversation. Uh, so it's really cool. I'll, I'll give you a brief example. So I, I had a team uh, that we were doing a training out in San Francisco and we were staying in a, in a courtyard. This is a really funny story. And every morning before we went into training, we'd get in the lobby of the hotel and uh, I would pray over us. I would just pray for the day, right? And about the fourth day, the manager, uh, as we're leaving, the manager of the hotel comes and taps me on the shoulder and she goes, can I ask you, are you praying in our lobby? And I said, well, we are. And she goes, I have been here 15 years. I've never seen anyone do that. Thank you. I was like, come in with us tomorrow and pray with us. And so it was just, you know, fun, fun to see someone who, who appreciated it and understood it.
1: I love that. You know, we're, we, we just ordered 24 You Matter hoodies that we plan to go give out in Denver in a couple weeks. They're going to come in before my event here in Colorado. And we're still working on when we hand it over, what's the call to action for them? Because what happens is people I've worn my, you matter hoodie out a lot and in different States and people love it. They just come up to you and they're like, Oh, I love your hoodie. And so, Getting that prayer to happen, imagine flipping the script where the homeless person on the corner with their hoodie on and their you matter socks that we're giving them as well, could start to pray for people at scale on corners. They become the hands and the feet and the mouth, the mouthpiece. Hey, do you mind if I pray for you real quick? Imagine a homeless person saying that to you instead of asking you for fifty cents. (laughs) talking about adding value, right? I'd say, sure, go ahead. Can I pray for you? So it, it should be very interesting. Um, what a great conversation. If Tell us a little bit about your company. If someone's listening today and, uh, you know, I, I believe there's some people who may be in need of, of work right now. How, how do you help people? What, what Tell us a little bit about your company.
2: Yeah, so we're a contract sales and service company. We primarily work in the medical uh, space. Uh, What will happen is a company will come to us and say, we need 15 sales associates in these 15 geographies. Um, Based on their criteria, we go out, we find them, uh, we put them through our process. We actually hire them, so we're their employer record, and we put them on a contractual basis with our client. Uh, Anytime after 12 to 18 months, our client can actually take that employee from us and make them direct. So it's a real good uh, way for companies to scale their teams while reducing their risk of doing so. So we kind of take the risk being the employer of record. Um, So that's in a nutshell what we do. We do it for pharma, medical device, uh, physician practice, you name it, Uh, it's all mostly in the medical space. Um, On the flip side of that, um, we help uh, folks who are making a, a career change, uh, we help those folks get into really good companies and have an opportunity to go and, and really be successful and thrive in, in a new career. So um, it's, it's a unique thing. We're not a recruiter. We're not a staffing agency. We're kind of in the middle of that. Uh, so it's a, it's a niche, but we, uh, we love our niche.
1: Yeah, I love the 12-month concept. I, I'm just getting hired to do something similar for sales and technology, and it's 10 up to 40 people. And we're planning to do the same thing, but we really hadn't set a gate on the back end yet. So I, I think the twelve months is kind of a a reasonable expectation in this kind of area. So that's great. Well, perfect. It's um really fabulous again sharing your story. Thank you. Um, you know, I knew you were unique when I met you and and now you're one of ninety-nine, it's probably one of five hundred, because the pat the way you found the pathway. Was, was not a traumatic event. It was more of an intervention <laughs> from your <their laughs> wife. And I love that. Uh, I, I, I'm doing the same with my wife uh, right now. So it's really, I'm, I'm just about to embark on the journey you're talking about, I think. So looking forward to that. All right, well, if people wanna get a hold of you, Rick, what would be the best way to reach out to you? Yeah, so they can
2: call us. Uh, the number is 404-721-0609. Again, it's 404-721-0609. You can also reach us at info i n f o at rep r reP hyphen l i t e dot com. Um, we try to respond within twenty four hours. So if someone has a need or, or doesn't even have a need, just wants to reach out, uh, please do. We're happy to we're happy to help uh, any way we can.
1: Before we hang up here. Is there a Bible verse that you love? One that uh, I'm not a very good memorizer, but I, I I assume you probably have one.
2: No, I mean, there, there's a lot. I mean, I, I would tell you that uh, for me, uh, it's a crazy story, but Ephesians 2, 8 through 10, you know, it's for grace that we're saved, not by your own works. Um, that I, I actually found this because I'm such a terrible golfer. I was in the woods looking for my ball, and I found a golf ball years and years ago and it had that verse on it. And it. what's funny, Chad, is it has become so relevant in my life. That finding that ball of that verse, it is by, for, by grace that you were saved, not by my works. And it's, it's
1: true, 100%. Man, I'm glad I asked that question. I just All met right. with my business coach this morning. My two word purpose from Me is embracing grace. And he was challenging me on it. And he was like, well, you know, are you sure that's it? And then he, he helped me make a few tweaks. And he goes, now I want you to sleep on it, pray on it, and make sure that the tweaks that I made weren't my tweaks, that they're yours. And so, of course, you finding the golf ball in the woods with Grace, it really feels like a very, very important bedrock of my life. So thank you for sharing with our listeners today. I really appreciate being on the of show. Chad, so thanks for having me. I really enjoyed it. All right, everybody,
0: we'll catch you on the next. Thank you for joining us on the You Matter to Christ podcast. We hope this journey has reminded you of the incredible truth that your life holds immense value and significance to Christ. As you go about your day, may you carry the assurance that no matter what you face, you are deeply cherished and loved. Remember, you matter to Christ. If you enjoyed this podcast, be sure to subscribe and share it with others who may benefit from this message. Stay tuned for more transformative episodes where we continue to explore the depth of God's love and grace. Until next time, remember that you are not alone. Christ's love is with you, guiding and strengthening you every step of the way. May your life be filled with hope, purpose, and the knowledge that you matter to Christ.